Hello and welcome to this latest episode of Snapchat. I'm your host, Jaron Main. Now, I'm delighted to say that today I'm joined by Connor Wall, founder and managing director of Connexus Recruitment. Originally from the Valleys of South Wales, he attended Cardiff Metropolitan University and studied business management and law. Following graduation, he moved to London and started his own career in recruitment. And after one and a half years in London, moved back to Cardiff, where his career in SAP recruitment began, which mainly focused on life sciences across Amir and the USA. After speaking with many CIOs on the five-year-plus plan, the conversations became more focused on wider digital transformation, of which SAP was only one cog in that large, much larger machine. And this is where the idea of Connexus began. In 2019, at the age of 26, Connor founded Connexus with the help of his business partners, Dale and Duncan, who'd already built up and ran their own successful recruitment company, Yoke, for the last 15 years. Since 2020, the company has grown from being just Connor to over 35 employees, including shared services across the Recolution Group, which includes Connexus, Yoke and City Executive Research. The company has seen year-on-year growth last year, revenues doubled and headcount increased by 50%, while winning a Global Start Award, launching a new brand, website, and moving into a new office in Cardiff and setting up their first international office in Barcelona. Hi and welcome to SAPChat, Connor. I'm delighted uh, that you're you're here with us. Hi, Gary. Thank you very much for having me. No, my pleasure. Now, um, in the introduction, uh, I was just looking at a kind of stratospheric kind of rise really it's like like a tasmanian devil in terms of your 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 trajectory it's you know you're 29 years old and you've achieved a huge amount in that time um what what actually led you to to go into recruitment in the first sort of step really to be completely honest with you i fell into recruitment (laughs) it's not something which, which i had planned at all um, I've always been quite a, a hungry, motivated individual that always kind of wanted to be the, the best in anything that I did. Um, but I suppose when I left university, so I went to university in Cardiff, um, kind of graduated in 2014, and just felt as if there was probably more to more to offer in the world than kind of what the local Cardiff market had at that time. So I thought, well, moving to London was probably the best option for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started going to all of these kind of career kind of sales days and the career big, the big career fairs. And I went to one where I think there were probably about 50 to 100 people, something like that. Right. And we then had to basically get put into groups and kind of do all this kind of team building exercise. And in the end, kind of actually present to a group of kind of companies, almost like going on to Britain's Got Talent in some way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, they basically just got whittled down and I was actually then selected to, to interview a few of these companies, some focusing more on say, digital sales, things like that. And then one of them was an IT recruitment company. And next thing you know, I was, I was in the world of IT recruitment and I uh, haven't really looked back since. And so then you came back to, um, to, to Cardiff uh, after yep. one and a half years. And, yep. and then you, you kind of focus on life sciences, but you, you eventually set up Connexus on the back of, and I, I was going to pick up on something because we, before the show we were talking and you, you sent over a kind of bio, but you you make reference there as a one cog in a much larger machine with reference yeah. to SAP. And I think that's, I picked up on that because that's something that I'm seeing customers talk about now. So maybe, I know it's, it's hard to believe looking at me, but 30 years ago when I started off in SAP, um, it was kind of this notion that it was a kind of integrated application, wall-to-wall, and that's what customers would buy. You know, they wanted procurement, they'd buy a Reba, but we're seeing more and more customers seeing it as an essential cog in a digital transformation, but not the only cog. And I think 
so you you've clearly seen that in the marketplace from a resourcing point of view yeah exactly i think i was probably about about five years into my career and um, about four or five years into my career and i was sitting down with with many kind of global cios talking about their kind of journeys over the next kind of five years or so and, and they kept alluding to the fact that okay listen you guys or, or you connor you've been sports on the sap side but like I said, I mean, it's, it's just one cog in a much wider machine. So mm. when we're then looking at a lot of the, the integrated technologies or also looking at the areas such as data and analytics or software engineering, cybersecurity, they were all coming much more to the forefront than perhaps we, we'd been seeing in the market kind of prior to that point. So when I was then looking within the, the accounts that I was working with, I was thinking, well, we're, we're probably going, only going to cover about kind of 10% of your overall kind of IT landscape, your digital transformation journey over the next kind of five to six years. Mm. That's where I just kind of felt as if there was a, a business case to, to kind of create a company which offered a, a wider range of service offering. And so far, that has certainly proven to be the case. I mean, we, we still are very much a, an SAP provider, and SAP is very much at the core of what we do. But then after we've kind of landed within those accounts from the SAP perspective, we're then very much expanding by providing our wider service offering. So like I said, in the data analytics, software engineering and cybersecurity space, but also then looking at a lot of the, the integrated apps and the integrated technologies. So yep. if, even if you look in the supply chain space, for example, we've seen a lot more demand now around technologies such as say Canaxis and, and online solutions or, you're looking into the on the finance side, looking at things like like Blackline and Vertex, which are now obviously coming much more prevalent on, on that side. So, yeah, I mean, I think that back, like you said, when you used to have kind of a reba success factors and all those kind of technologies, mm. I mean, it's just becoming more and more, isn't it? Where we seem there seems to be a lot more mergers and acquisitions coming through from the SAP side of things, which are then almost acting as those bolt-ons, which form the wider transformation. Yeah, I mean, uh, some of the analysts that I, I speak to are talking about this notion now of composable business, composable ERP. And we're seeing a lot of, uh, particularly the hyperscalers, you know, wanting organisations to move their SAP estates onto onto their platform. But then, if you like, extend the SAP capability by using the tools on the platform. And that's something that, that I've seen. So this kind of notion of, of composable ERP has, has reached out. And I'm guessing you're seeing that in the marketplace in terms of how's that affected the kind of requirements coming through? You're still seeing a kind of, I want a traditional SAP type resource. Are you looking for people that are now typically SAP plus plus? Yeah, I, I think they're certainly wanting more, more, more for their buck nowadays. That's for sure. And I think that it's not just about the, the technology experts anymore. It's also mm. about the, more the business process experts and also the people that can almost act as the bridge yeah. between IT and the business. Right. Because um, so I think whenever we're looking at the, any kind of transformation nowadays, I mean, it's always got to be a kind of a business process transformation first and foremost, where I think that, well, I say to a lot of the, the people that I work with, it's kind of people process and then technology in that order, you, you know, where you have to be focusing on, on the people, what the people actually need, what the people are actually going to use and the actual functionality that the technology is offering, ensuring that all of your processes are, of course, then aligned to, to what the business needs and then technology is, of course, there to then support, facilitate and kind of push that through, so to speak. So whenever we're looking at any organisation with the requirements coming through now, Yes, we still have the requirements for the more technical folk, but mm -hmm. I think that the people who can offer the wider offering around the business process expertise are the people who we're certainly seeing in the market. They're starting to charge much more of a premium for their service, that's for sure. 
And do you focus on the the contract market or are you focused on t- uh, perm as well? Yeah, we do both. We right. do both. So, so we do do contract and permanent across, well, pretty much globally. Mm-hmm. Um, but our core markets are, are very much across um, kind of EMEA and North America. Um, so so that, that's the primary primary offering that we do. And in terms of, of course, you know, we're seeing and I'm seeing a kind of a, a lot of the SAP market heating up as we move towards 2027, 2030, depending on which way you want to look at it. Um, and it seems to be more and more difficult to attract um, resources. It does seem to be that the the the, the day rates are increasing, uh, the salaries are increasing. What's your your kind of take on that? What are you see? I think one one of the impacts of COVID and that's kind of going into much more of a remote world in mm. many instances, is that organizations have now had kind of more flexibility to hire the best people, not necessarily just the people that are in the best location. Right. Um, and because of that, I mean, we're seeing much more of a trend in the market where, for example, we might have countries which were typically your, your lower cost countries historically, mm. where the local market rates or local market salary are now being inflated drastically because we might, for example, have some some companies in America that are then going to these lower cost countries and saying, okay, well, we'll offer you half of what an American day rate might be, but mm. it's probably double or treble what they might have been getting in their local country. So right. because of that, it's just driven up the, the kind of the average cost in the local market, which means any local or regional companies are now struggling to match those demands because the bigger players are kind of coming to town and kind of just taking the monopoly in, in many instances. So it's leveled the playing field really effectively in terms of we start to get to like a global day rate really yeah much more so i think i think the, the gap has certainly been bridged in recent months that's for sure so we talked about well i during the intro how how connexus has grown talked about the fact that you've grown exponentially in the uk you've opened your first um office in barcelona it seems a, a massive step so g- give me a bit of background behind that and and, and the motivations behind it Partly because I, I wanted to get out of Wales where it's raining all the time, as it is today. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah, okay. Fair comment. Um, but, but no, I think that I, I always had the aspiration to, I mean, I'm a very proud Welshman, so I'm a very patriotic Welshman. So, I mean, our HQ would always kind of be here in Cardiff. But on top of that, I really kind of wanted to create a, a global organisation, kind of which still had that kind of Welsh heritage behind it. Yeah. And so, I'm, I'm a very... Like I said, very hungry, very ambitious young man. <laughs> well, no, not so young anymore. I'm on a stretch my 20s. It's, 30 it, mate, it's all, it's all relevant. You're young to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for, for me, I just, want, I just wanted to see how far we could take it. You know, I mean, yeah. I didn't have much interest just having a company with one office or anything like that. I mean, I've yeah. got the aspirations to make us the the number one go-to provider for digital transformation recruitment services on a global scale. So you can only really do that by having a global footprint. So the first step for that was, um, of course, setting up in Barcelona. Um, and then we have kind of quite big and ambitious plans that kind of go beyond that. But as of right now, I think we're up to um, about 30, 35, 36 heads, um, I believe, um, most of which are here in Cardiff. Mm-hmm. We do have um, so some people that are working for us over in Barcelona and the plan is to certainly kind of scale up that office in Barcelona this year whilst also then looking to obviously open up the other offices as well. So one of the things I, I wanted to, to to chat about, um, apart from the, the, the exponential growth around that, is when I'm talking in the the SAP market at the moment, there's there's two real problems, right? One is trying to attract talent and the other is how to, to 
kind of avoid attrition. I mean, in terms of attraction, and we t- we briefly touched upon it. What's your your view about how how organisations and what they need to be doing to attract um, talent, SAP talent, in a, in, a, in a really difficult market? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, and, and and I think it completely depends whether we're looking at the contract market or the permanent market. Mm. Um, if you're looking at the contract market, it's all going to be about the, the project. It's all going to be about the technology. It's all going to be about <clears throat> say some more of the flexibility around okay well do you still want this on site or can we work completely remotely i mean mm. quite often now contractors are, are completely remote i know that there's also been a, a lot of other challenges around ir35 etc specifically in the uk um from from the contract perspective so it all depends on kind of what that overall kind of project relationship will look like from a, a contract perspective. And of course, the, the day rate is always uh, a point which, which is up for discussion. It's always going to be important, isn't it? None of us, none yeah. of us want to work free. Um, so be, because of that, uh, I would say that the contract market is, is highly competitive. And I'd say that the contracts have much more power than, than perhaps they, they had before in terms of how much they can influence those processes and how much they can actually influence the, the decision. Um, the permanent side, it's much more of a long-term investment, you know. Mm. So, I mean, when we're talking about permanent, it's all about, okay, well, what, what's the training look like? What, what's our, our kind of benefits package? What does our overall career progression path look like? So, yes, salary is still important, but I think companies need to be thinking about, okay, well, what do we offer from a, a wider benefits perspective? You know, yeah. I mean, even if I look here at Connexus, I mean, we're offering kind of free gym membership, free healthcare, we're offering... All, all sorts of benefits packages, which is quite abnormal, say, for a company that's only kind of into its third full year now. But mm. it's just the nature of where the world is going, where offering a good salary just simply isn't enough anymore. Yeah, I, I, it's it's the the what we used to call the soft benefits that people are really focused on, though. It's the, the change in the flexibility in working hours. It's the, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things that are really playing hard. We, we, we talk about the growth that you've had, though, and the market and all of those things being connected. But you've done that in a period where we have had Brexit, we've yeah. had COVID, we've had now the Ukrainian crisis and the surge in fuel prices, which is kind of underpinning the inflation figures we've seen. How, how has that impacted your business and how have you seen that impacting the overall IT market? Well, I, I launched the company in January 2020, um, and then by March 2020, we were all going into lockdown. So naturally, I was thinking, oh, no, what have I done? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not a great time. O- o- opening up a recruitment company yeah. two months before oh. we went to a global pandemic probably wasn't the uh, the best timing. Yeah. So very quickly, my, my big ambitious growth plans became me sitting in my kitchen, almost thinking, yeah. well, what on earth have I done here? Yeah. Um, but, but thankfully... We, we operated in a market which did bounce back very quickly. Um, not only did, it, did the market kind of survive, but it almost kind of thrived throughout that time. Yeah. Um, where, of course, every company had to adapt at that time to becoming remote and becoming di- digital. You know, So a lot of the previous mm. manual processes became digitalized. Yeah. And because of that, the demand around the areas like cybersecurity, software mm. engineering, data, they were really kind of what kind of pushed us forward during that time, we were, we were seeing a little bit of a slowdown, if I'm honest, from on the SAP side, I'd say from about the March through to the September, I'd mm-hmm. say when there was that yeah. kind of uncertainty. 
but but around cybersecurity data and software, I mean that that market didn't slow down at all. So that's kind of what really kind of propelled us to, mm-hmm. to grow. Um, and that's where um, I then started hiring people to come into the business from around the midpoint of 2020. And that's kind of where the, the growth story began, I guess. And uh, I'm going to ask a question, which I mean, I get contacted quite a lot by, you know, um, organizations like yourself. And often it can be really challenging from from an internal perspective because we're driven by procurement, preferred supplier list, et cetera, et cetera. So you've obviously been growing the business really hard, but I imagine you're coming up against that. And I'm really interested in how you're engaging with new businesses, partners, et cetera, to kind of get get over those challenges and obviously not give away your trade secrets. But, you know, that, <laughs> working within that context, it's, it's not easy, is it? No, no, it's not easy, um, especially when a lot of people seem to think not not really understand this was what recruitment actually is and what it is that we do. Yeah. So because of that, I think one of the big pieces which I've really kind of worked on since starting the company is ensuring that when we're speaking to to our clients mm. or, or even to our candidates as well, that we're not here to have any form of buyer and supplier relationship. It's very much a partnership that we're looking for, and it needs to be a partner-led approach. Right. So, because of that, I mean, at Connects, we offer three different solutions. Okay. So we offer either Connects as staffing, which is primarily our kind of contingent, um, kind of contract permanent retained search um, type piece, which is effectively filling the open vacancies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We then got Connects as consulting, which kind of bolts on more around. Providing kind of consultancy advice, advisory, um, kind of project assurance, and, and really supporting the companies to know how to start on, on their journey as well. Now, the way that we're doing that is, is like I said, I mean, we are primarily a recruitment agency, but I've been very big on, on forming partnerships. So we've then basically, ha- we have agreements in place with more, say, boutique specialist consultancies or, or actual individuals as well, right. who effectively work on our books, so, so to speak, yeah. and and we can then offer much more robust end-to-end service rather than just calling up our clients and saying, okay, have you got any jobs? No, I haven't. Oh, okay, not a problem. We're, we're going to call you back. Oh, six months, I might have something. Okay, great. And then you don't speak for six months, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're not about that. So we're all about, I know we talked about it before the show, where we talk, it's all about networking. It's all yeah. about building relationships. It's all about becoming true partners to the people that we're working with, where you're not only going to hear from us when we want to fill your jobs. We're going to you're going to hear from us at, at all times to give you market insights to look at okay, well, how are you benchmarking against your competitors, either from a geographical or an industry perspective? What are the, the latest trends in the market? I mean, what what's hot right now? Yeah. Are there any kind of technologies or any movements in the market which maybe you should be thinking about and you should be aware of? And if not, then what why not? So it's all about just kind of supporting organizations to stay one step ahead of the curve. And that's where we start adding the, a lot of our value, not just on the actual Connects of staffing, which is also only one part of it. Um, and because of that, the, the third offering is then the Connects of growth, growth Partners, right? which is very much about looking at organizations who are then going to go through that, that hyperscale um, kind of period. So whether we're looking at a three-month transformation, six-month or, or 12 months or more, we're then there as a fully embedded partner to help on that hyper growth, not just on the SAP side, across the entire digital piece. And hopefully, because of the fact we've been there from the start of the journey around the assurance, the advisory, et cetera, we are then making introductions to other parties. That's kind of where we become much more embedded. So I think 
my, my advice to other recruitment owners, <laughs> but again, without giving away my trade yeah, secrets, yeah. <laughs> if you if you are only providing a bums on seats solution, yeah, wise up or offer offer more because the the world is going to leave you behind otherwise. And I've often said it. You 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 raised a, a really interesting point because I've always thought that. Let's take SAP, right? Because it's an SAP podcast after all. But if you're looking at SAP and SAP launched S for HANA, yes. I've always thought the litmus test is what's actually happening in the employment market. Because mm-hmm. the first sign of demand that people are actually starting to deploy it is with the recruitment sector. They are they are the, the, the first ones to see that. So sometimes in an SI world, we're kind of, yes, we're deployed, we're starting to look, but that you know you get a trend of what's actually happening in the market from you guys typically that's what i i tend to see so you you, you take where do you where, where do you typically see that information going I mean, well and and this is a really good point because i don't actually get that information from it i get it from speaking to recruiters yeah. you know when they speak to me and i'm saying hey you know what's actually happening are you seeing demand for this or where are you seeing the demand so i'm trying to paint a picture in my own mind from from speaking but actually from what you were saying you'll try to take that and you're trying to turn that around and actually provide that back out as part of your service to 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 your clients yeah exactly exactly and i think it's important to be doing that it's all about being proactive and not reactive and kind of staying one step ahead of the curve isn't it so I think that the earlier we can kind of get some insight in terms of where the company is going, what the journey might look like, the earlier we can then actually start offering much more of a robust service um, to towards all those clients. Now, I don't normally do this, actually, Connor, because normally I, I do the intro, I find a little bit about you, and then we kind of go through the main body and then we move on. But I'm going to come back to you if it's okay, because I'm, I'm really interested in you. We, we, we were chatting before the actual uh, the show started. We were talking about you as a person and clearly you're highly motivated you're very focused on what you're doing so what makes connor connor if you like and what 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 lies behind the person in front of me then yeah um i'm quite boring really i'm, <laughs> I'm sure you're not i'm sure you're not <laughs> honestly I'm, I'm very very structured very process driven um I'm, I'm all about routine and i'm all about habits so right i mean I'm, I'm someone who I'm very methodical in everything that I do. Um, and I just believe that, I mean, I, I'm, I'm massive into, for example, like go, going to the gym and, and making sure I, I'm eating the right foods. And I've got a good diet. So I just think that level of consistency is kind of what then breeds the good habits. So I'm, I'm very big into kind of self-education. So I, I read a lot of books. So I'm, I'm sure that whether you've read them yourself or a lot of your listeners would have read them, things like the, the Chimp Paradox or Atomic Habits and the, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, 12 Rules of Life, or all of these kind of books which just encourage you to make sure that you're kind of following the, the right habits, right? Because I think that one of the things which I learned very quickly um, when, when starting the business and having the pressures of running a business, which is just so vastly different to anything else that I'd ever experienced, is that when, when you start your own company and you have people that work for you, you you have a responsibility to all of those people, not just to yourself. Mm. Uh, and, and so if you're not looking after yourself and you're not the best version of yourself, then you're never going to be able to look after those other people. And when we've gone from it being, like I said, just me to being 35, 36 people in such a short space of time, yeah. 
it, it's been a, a massive growth curve. You know, yeah. I'm not yeah. it really has. And I think the only way that you can kind of get through that is by looking after yourself, staying motivated, keeping your head in the right place. And it's like they say, healthy body, healthy mind, right? So, so yeah. So, you, and, and I, I get a sense of somebody that's very self-disciplined um, and, and very, I, I wouldn't say formulaic, but very focused on your goals, what you want to achieve and how you're going to go about it. You know, it almost comes across a little bit like Steve Jobs had, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to have the same wardrobe because I don't have to make that decision then about what I'm going to, you know, what I'm going to wear today because the decision's made. Take, yeah. take the decision out, but actually focus on the important stuff. Yeah, exactly that. I think that the more that you can automate things, the, the better it is, right? I mean, that's that's what all that SAP is about as well, right? I mean, it's just simplifying things and automating things. So let, let the simple tasks look after themselves, then you focus on the complex things, which obviously the, the actual technology can't necessarily do. So I think for, from my side, I'm exactly the same. The more that I can have a structure, have a routine, have automated habits, the better, because that then kind of frees my mind up to obviously focus on the things which can't be automated. And so what's what's next for, for Connor and Connexus? Because, you know, it's, I mean, a stratospheric rise. Um, and with with any growth of that nature, there's always becomes growing pains with it. it. It takes a lot to try to to manage that growing, you know, opening new offices. What's what's next for you and, and for Connexus then? Con- continuing investing back into the business, continuing kind of pushing us on, on this growth curve that we're going through. Um, I think one of the big things really is going to be making sure we're scaling up our, our Barcelona office this year. Um, and then after that, we've got other um, offices which will be opening in um, Zurich, um, two over in the States, um, one in Dubai, and then one over in Australia as well. I've got a, a little bit of unfinished business in Australia. Um, I was supposed to have been uh, actually moving over to Australia probably about five years ago, but I decided to stay and I, and I, stay, I stayed here to set up Connexus. So right. I figured if I'm going to stay to set, set up my own company, then one day I've got to take it to Australia and actually go and live the, go and live the Aussie lifestyle a little bit. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's certainly on the cards at some point in the very near future. Well, Connor, it's been an absolute delight. I appreciate your time. I'd love to have you back at uh, a follow-up uh, to, to to chat in more detail about some of these things. But um, I'm sure we're being, you know, we're going to hear a lot more about Connexus and, and Connor uh, in in the years to come. So uh, thank you for your time and uh, good luck with the future. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Bye bye.